Welcome to the Outspoken Sportscast, episode 125, Talks on Tuesday. Tonight, my name is Craig. I'm your host for this evening. Tonight, we will be discussing NFL. There's a new highest paid man, a first training camp injury of the season, and some other NFL news. Also, NBA playoffs, some coaching news, NHL playoffs. Some Major League Baseball breaking news that just broke this afternoon and much more right after this. Welcome back to episode 125, Talks on Tuesday. Um, NFL's got a new highest paid man. The Los Angeles Rams um, gave Aaron Donald an extension. Not any new years on the contract, but basically added $65 million over the next two years, $95 million total uh, through 2024, making him the highest paid non-quarterback in the NFL. Um, here's a guy who has done everything. He's made eight straight Pro Bowls. He's never missed a Pro Bowl. First time all pro, uh, first team all pro every year that he's been in the NFL. Um, he's considered one of probably the top 10 defensive, uh, people in all of the NFL. I mean, up there with Lawrence Taylor and Reggie White and Deion Sanders, um, these are some of the names you think of, um, Darrell Rivas, uh, when when you think of Aaron Donald and what he means to the Los Angeles Rams and basically single-handedly uh, on the last drive of the Super Bowl uh, sealed the deal for them. If the Cincinnati Bengals can block Aaron Donald for one more play, they may win the Super Bowl. So um, I think it's well-deserved. I think it's earned i don't think that that this guy hasn't had injury hasn't had he's had longevity he's played every deal he hasn't held out um here's a guy who who has done everything for a team and the team rewarded him 
uh, $65 million, uh, over the next two seasons. He's going to make about 30, little over $30 million a year for the next two years. Um, so um, congratulations to Aaron Donald on that contract. Uh, I think he makes the Rams defense better. I think he solidifies that in, and I think – the Rams saw that in the Super Bowl and and did what they needed to do to lock their guy up. Um, there was an injury yesterday. Uh, Jerry Judy, coming back from his domestic violence uh, case, came back to Broncos OTA slash now they're rolling into mandatory mini camps. And on day one or day two, uh, goes down with what appears to be a groin injury. Um, the MRI is not back yet to see how severe it is, but it didn't look good. Uh, and these soft tissue injuries, when you have them like this, um, they can linger for the entire season. So that is probably something that the Broncos are going to want to make sure that he recovers from fully before they throw him back into to mini camps and OTAs and, preseason workouts and everything like that. Uh, that is not something you want to linger over the course of the whole year. Um, also another wide receiver that there's been news on over the off season, Debo Samuel. He's wanted a new contract. He's also wanted the usage, the way the 49ers use him. He's not a fan of being the running back, the wide receiver, the, you know, slot back, the, you know, all these different ways that, that they're using him over there. Um, Shanahan is trying to use him as a utility player and he isn't getting paid as such. So he's trying to, to get more money and deservedly. So, I mean, he single-handedly beat the Dallas Cowboys and, and helped uh, Garoppolo and, and the Niners make a huge run in the playoffs last year. So um not real sure if he showed up to not get fined or not sure if he showed up to, because he knows that there's a deal coming, that he has something in the works with Lynch. John Lynch has said all offseason, we're not trading him. We are sticking to our guns. This is our guy. We would be stupid to trade him. So it's not something that that he, he wants to do. It's not something he wants to get rid of. They're not going to get what um, they want for him. There's nobody that's going to give him top dollar for a wide receiver at this deal, especially with what they're going to have to pay for them. Uh, they're just not, it's, um, they're, they're just not going to do it. Um, so Samuel's, uh, at camp and, and we'll see how that goes. We'll see if there's a new contract in the, the works or if, if maybe they agreed, maybe no contract, but they agreed to use them differently. Um, that'll be really interesting to see what the 49ers say and what Debo says. Um, when, when the interviews start to come out of 49ers camp. Um, also, trouble in Dallas. Um, the Dallas Cowboys franchise tagged Dalton Schultz in the offseason. Uh, signed his $10.9 million, $10 million franchise tag. He signed it. He didn't wait, and some of these other guys refused to sign it. Uh, he went and signed it. And so the Dallas Cowboys think everything's good to go. And they're at OTAs, and Schultz is at OTAs, and all of a sudden he says, you know what? No, I don't have a new contract. I'm not coming back to OTAs. Um, no news on whether or not he's going to stick to his guns and and miss mandatory minicamp, which would, would cause him money. And, and those fines now with the new CBA, uh, the new collective bargaining agreement, cannot be reversed, cannot be thrown out by the team, so they have to be paid. 
if if Dalton Schultz misses for every day of of mandatory minicamp that Dalton Schultz misses, he's going to owe money. Not sure if that's the boat, the the path he wants to go down. Um, not sure if that's the creation he wants to cause, but um, we will see. And so, um, but this this is a little bit different. This is a, Dalton Schultz is exposing the the dysfunction in Dallas. Um, Dalton Schultz two years ago. 63 catches, 615 yards, and four touchdowns. Uh, last season, 78 catches, 818 yards, and eight touchdowns. He's had two solid seasons. Um, the other tight end was hurt, so he had he got most of the snaps. He got a majority of the looks. Uh, Dak Prescott likes Dalton Schultz. It has a really good rapport with Dalton Schultz. They they work well together, and and that's great. But um, he's not Travis Kelsey. He's not, you know, anybody in the, you know, he's not George Kittle. So um, I, I just, while I get it, while I get the dysfunction in Dallas, he's he's exposing the Jones boys because they don't know how to do contracts and, and giving them the looks that they want to give them. And, and that's fine. But, man, just show up to work. You can't, you can't just not come to mandatory minicamp. It's not the way to do it. Uh, it's not the way you're going to get your contract. Uh, it worked for Zeke, but those these are different times. And Dalton Schultz is not Ezekiel Elliott. So I don't plan on this going well for him if he decides to sit out. Also, back when Zeke did it, the Cowboys could waive the fines. They can no longer do that. So this will cost Dalton Schultz quite a bit of money with each day that goes past. And so we will see um, whether or not that's the path he wants to go down, uh, whether or not that's the, the path he, he, um, wants to lead and, and whether Dalton Schultz shows up to mandatory minicamp and whether the Cowboys get a deal done, uh, in the new future. Um, that is going to be, I think mid July is the deadline on, on franchise tags that those deals have to be done or, or they play under the tag for the rest of the year. Um, so, um, that dysfunction in Dallas is, it just seems to be something every year that, that this team has to deal with some kind of distraction, whether it's Ezekiel Elliott, whether it's Zach Prescott, whether it's Des Bryant, whether it's now it's Dalton Schultz, there seems to be some contract every year, some holdout, some talk, you know, uh, Tyron Smith, Zach Martin, uh, somebody is always, always, always having problems with the Jones boys ever since Steven took over to do these contracts. Uh, this, this has been year after year after year after year that the Dallas Cowboys have some kind of dysfunction and some kind of money issue um, when it comes to contracts and, and preseason and guys holding out and, and guys just not coming to camp. Um, it appears to be something every year. And so it's something to watch in Dallas, um, you know, ownership and the players and, 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 you know, when you got, when you, when the, when the team and ownership are bashing heads, it's not a good start to the season. Um, you know, the camaraderie and the, and the rapport with ownership and everything, it's just not a good look. And Dallas has had it every year and we've seen the results for not having any long-term success, basically being a 500 franchise for a majority of this decade. Um, 
in Denver, the Broncos have new ownership. Uh, the Walmart heirs have bought the Denver Broncos. They're going to own basically every franchise and every sporting franchise in Colorado, it seems. Uh, for $4.5 billion they spent to to buy the Denver Broncos. Um, hopefully, they change the direction of the franchise and give Elway what he needs. Hopefully, they like Elway. Maybe, maybe he's the odd man out. Uh, who knows? Um, this come down day yesterday, I believe, that they that they bought the team, and I'm sure the NFL has to go in and approve it all uh, before it becomes official official, but basically $4.5 billion, um, and and the, the Walmart heirs, the Waltons, will own uh, the Denver Broncos. Um, mandatory mini camps are starting this week. You're going to have teams that, that have got some guys holding out, got some guys that, that haven't come to OTAs, well, they're going to have to start showing up to minicap or they're going to start losing money. Um, so that is under that new collective bargaining agreement. That is the deal. So all these guys that have been holding out through these OTAs, uh, it's time to start showing up to work or you're going to lose some money. So this is when football season really starts to amp up. Um, when when uh, injuries start to take place, if guys didn't condition in the offseason where guys report to camp and they're not in shape and you start to get reports of this, uh, you, you start to see um, in in middle of June, late June, um, how serious your football team took the offseason and, and how well your draft picks uh, have, have caught on to the playbooks and, and, you know, those guys that you expect the round one draft picks that you expect to to help you right away. Did they do their homework? Do they have the work ethic that you thought they had? Um, are they going to be able to contribute year one? This is the time you find that out. Um, these these Aaron near uh, Hutchinson and and all these guys from Jacksonville uh, that these defensive ends and and all these guys that got drafted high. Um, we'll see if they come in and they're ready. We'll see if Aiden Hutchins is ready. We'll see if um, the defensive end from Georgia is ready. We will see. We'll see if these guys come in and hit the ground running or if all this guaranteed money they got was for nothing. Uh, so it'll be very interesting to see these camps with these first-round draft picks, um, how well they learned the playbook, how how well they took their, their rookie camp, how well they did OTAs, how well they're doing in mini camps, mandatory mini camps. And it'll be very interesting to see how that goes. Um, so um, I am curious to see, especially Aiden Hutchinson, because in the national championship against an Ohio State team that is not an NFL team, uh, he disappeared. I mean, a Georgia team in the national or the semifinal, he disappeared. He was nowhere to be found. They didn't call his name. They didn't call his number. And so um, – We'll see. Um, I will be willing to see how this works. Um, okay, we transition to the NBA. The NBA Finals Game 1 we talked about the other day. Uh, Boston goes into Golden State, into San Francisco, and shocks Golden State. Well, I mean, not shocks, but uh, you don't expect Golden State to lose at home uh, in their arena. That doesn't happen very often, and especially to lose the way they did. They come back in game two. 
Uh, they have a huge third quarter, 36 to 17 or something to that effect. Um, but this time they don't melt down in the fourth quarter and they win game two and even the series up. They go back to Boston starting tomorrow. This will be very interesting to see how Boston responds and sees if Boston keeps home court advantage and can keep the, the pressure on um, Golden State or whether or not um, they they uh, give it back and, and Golden State can go into Boston and take a game. Uh, I think Golden State still has the upper hand. Um, I, I just like Golden State's coaching. I like their players that have been here. A lot of the guys from Boston have not been in this situation before. So getting to the NBA Finals, Al Horford and all these guys, uh, when the lights come on and the crowd gets loud, can these guys step up? Can We know Jason Tatum is good under pressure. We know Tatum has played some big games, but Horford's never played in the Finals and Smart and, and White. And, and Derek White, all these guys, you know, they had a really good game one in, in uh, Oracle or the Chase Center. Um, but I, I just don't know if they could repeat that. Well, we will be very interested to see if they can walk into Boston and hold home court and, and everything like that. Um, a little bit of shocking news came out today out of Utah. Uh, Quinn Snyder, their head coach, who still has two years left on his deal, um, basically went to Danny Ainge and said, I'm out. I need a break. Uh, surprising Danny Ainge and leaving him kind of with his hands tied because of he, he doesn't, I mean, all the head coaching spots are filled. You know, Darren Ham has gone to the, the Lakers and, uh, you know, all these head coaching spots have, have been filled. So they, the, 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 he's limited, um, um, he's limited themselves, um, to who they can, to who they can get. And it was kind of a very big shock to, um, Danny Ainge and, and, um, so now the Utah Jazz is looking for a head coach. Uh, there's been some different names out there. We will see what happens. Um, but Utah is looking for a head coach. Um, the Lakers did fill their head coach. Uh, Darvin Ham had a news conference, a press conference introduced yesterday. Uh, I love how the Lakers come in and, and Mitch Kupchak says he was our number one pick. He was our only pick. He was the guy that we were going for. It was a unanimous choice. Uh, yet they came out the other day and said that if uh, Jawan Howard would have showed up for the interview, he was going to be their choice. So you might not want to go and tell Darvin Ham that um, he was their only choice when he clearly wasn't. Clearly, Juwan Howard was the choice until he said, no, I want to go play with, you know, coach my kids in Michigan. Um, so Ham comes in and has the press conference and basically tells the world that Russell Westbrook, he's staying, we're going to use him. He still has a lot to offer, still has a lot in the tank. And... Boy, it was awkward because Russ is back in the back of the room just staring a hole through him like, you're making a lot of promises you can't keep. Uh, I don't think Russ wants to be there. I don't think it's a good fit. I think Russ knows it's not a good fit, and I think there's going to be trouble in paradise. Uh, it was very interesting. Uh, 
how Ham said that that uh, uh, there was a question asked to him by one of the reporters. Uh, are you going to be able to to be able to you know corral these big three and coach these big three? There's a lot of ego on this team. Are you going to be able to handle this? And Darren uh, Ham said, "Yeah." He said, "It's going to be facts over feelings." He's like, "If I can show you on film that you factually got beat, then your feelings are going to be left at the door." And and I'm going to tell you that you missed an assignment. He goes, I don't care if you're LeBron James. I don't care if you're Anthony Davis. Uh, the entire press conference, he called out Mr. Street Clothes over there and Anthony Davis and said he was going to need to not be on the bench and be on the floor for this team to be successful. So we will see how um, Anthony Davis responds to that and, and responds to, to Darvin Ham and saying, hey, big fella, you're going to need to play some basketball. Uh, this this only playing you know, 40, 50 games – uh, and, and sitting on the bench over here next to me with your street clothes on, that ain't going to cut it. Uh, you're going to need to play, and you're going to need to play effectively. Uh, he's going to he's instituting a three and one uh, defense that that he obviously brought from Milwaukee or or brought from his last stop. Um, it, it, it'll be interesting to see how LeBron James and and these guys handle that. Uh, LeBron James isn't normally one for for you know, do it my way or the highway type deal. And that appears what Darvin Ham has, has kind of laid down uh, is, is that uh, it, it's, I'm, I'm the coach. I'm in charge. You're not the coach uh, LeBron. I am. And, um, and uh, that's, that's what uh, we're going to do. So it'll be interesting to see how successful he is in his first year uh, in LA. Um he, in a surprising move, or maybe not surprising, uh, he hires Rasheed Wallace to be on his staff. Uh, Rasheed played a lot of basketball in the in the NBA and and played in that that three on three league and and um, so we will see if Rasheed Wallace can come in and, and be his right hand man and uh, maybe maybe help teach this defense that that Ham wants to to institute because uh, at one point in time. Uh, Rashid Wallace was a pretty solid defender and and a hell of a rebounder. So we will see if uh, Rashid Wallace can um, make help uh, with the with the Los Angeles Lakers and uh, see what he does there. Um, there was also another press conference that everybody loves watching. Uh, Pat Riley and and his exit conferences in Miami are ones that you stop what you're doing and tune into. Uh, he doesn't hold back. He doesn't cross any punches. A few years ago, LeBron James went to him and said, hey, Spolster needs to go. And he said, uh, I don't think so. You need to go. And showed LeBron James the door. So yesterday, Riley has his press conference and basically didn't hold back. He calls out uh, Kyle Lowry and says, hey, um, next year when you show up to camp, how about we're in shape? You were completely out of shape. You were overweight. It took you half the season to get in shape. Uh, and yeah, while we were the one seed, we could have been a clear one seed and gone further in the playoffs if if you weren't non-athletically prepared when you came through the front door of the of the camp. He goes, so if you're going to play on my basketball team, when you show up in camp, you better be ready. He also told Tyler Hero the same thing. Basically, uh, if you want to start in this team, you're going to come over here and you're going to go to camp and you're going to earn it. 
Uh, there's not going to be that these five guys are my starters coming into camp. Uh, if you want to to come in and and uh, play on this basketball team and you want to play starting minutes, then you need to come in and you need to show me that. You need to show me that you worked in the offseason and all the stuff that you had trouble with. You need to um, um, show up and prove yourself. And, and I like it. Uh, you know, Miami had a really good shot this year. They only took them to game seven. Uh, you know, Boston got them in game seven. Um, and so we'll see, um, whether or not Miami, um, you know, whether Riley gets these guys to show up and be prepared and has another solid season. Uh, Spolster is the guy. He's been the guy. He's going to continue to be the guy. And uh, it'll be very interested to see what um, Miami looks like next year and, and whether or not they can get over the hump and, and get past Boston and get past Milwaukee. Uh, we'll see what Milwaukee even does, uh, whether that gets blown up or whether it stays together or not. Um so now we're going to transition to Major League Baseball. There was some breaking news this afternoon about 3 o'clock, 3.30. Um, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim have had started like a house of fire. And it looked like they Shohei Otani was having an ERA under one. Mike Trout was doing Mike Trout things. I mean, the Angels looked like they were the clear-cut, you know, Seattle has been off to a rough start. Texas got off to a rough start. They've been matching Houston or were matching Houston. They were only a couple games back. Well, all of a sudden, um, Mike Trout is one for 28. And, you know, Shohei Otani is getting lit up like a Christmas tree. And they lose 12 games straight. And, um... All of a sudden, they lose 12 straight, and Joe Madden's out of a job. See you, Joe. Thanks for coming. Uh, you got to go. We need a new voice. And so, in a shocking tailspin from, from the 27 and 15 they were at to now they're 500, and and um, basically spiraling out of control, uh, it just – has taken a huge turn in LA and, and Madden was the, the guy that got blamed for it. He's the one that the, the GM says, you know, uh, you got to go. And, uh, Madden has been, uh, he did some stuff in Tampa. I didn't like, he did some stuff in Ch Chicago. I didn't like, uh, he's won some world series. He's gotten some teams in some world series, but, be really hard pressed to see if Joe Madden gets another job um, in, in major league baseball uh, this late in his career. It, it may be time to take some time off and go in to be an analyst or something like that. And we will see if this interim guy can, can write the ship in, in LA and get the angels out of this tailspin they're in. Because right now uh, the Rangers have caught a little bit of fire and, and uh, are almost they're three games under and, and almost in second place to, to make, uh, at the, you know, make a playoff spot. If, if the angels continue to falter, um, there's been some talk in Texas and it's really weird. Uh, this team started 
I mean, abysmally. And they still, to me, yes, they went and got Simeon. They went and got uh, Seager. Uh, they went and spent some money, but they didn't spend it in the right spot of pitching. They, you know, I mean, Martin Perez has come out and and he's had a season that they thought 12 years ago when they drafted him, that was the guy they were drafting. Uh, he's finally um, become the guy that they thought he was going to become. Uh, he was AL Pitcher of the Month. He's, he's you know, having a phenomenal season. Uh, if the Rangers make a push for this, uh, watch Martin Perez's name for Cy Young if he if he continues this path he's on. Um, but today it came out uh, that, that there's fans and, and maybe people in the front office that are looking uh, for Woodward's job. And I'm mind blown at this when I hear this. Uh, here's a guy who has been, has had nothing. You've given him nothing to work with. He's had minor league guys at best. Uh, the Rangers just designated Willie Calhoun. He's gone finally. That guy was nothing but a cancer, completely barking at the organization every time they put him somewhere he didn't want to play. He was rattled with injuries. I mean, they were, they were fluke injuries too. You know, I mean, he got hit by a pitch and broke his cheekbone and, and had this hamstring had this. I mean, the guy was snake bit from the word go when they got him from the Dodgers organization in the U Darvis trade. Um, he, he doesn't have a position. That's why the Dodgers, he couldn't play second and they already had a guy that was going to play second. Um, so, so he can't play second and he's not an outfielder. He, I mean, he might be able to play left. That's it. He's got an arm like a spaghetti noodle. He can't throw a baseball. He, I mean, he can hit, he can hit 30 homers if he happens to be hot. He never did that in Arlington. He had maybe one season where he hit 20, but that was it. And, and again, he hasn't stayed healthy. He hasn't played more than 75, 80 games ever. And, and so he doesn't really have a leg to stand on when he tells the organization, well, you're going to either play me or trade me. And they're like, well, that's an easy decision. I mean, JD came out today and said, John Daniels said, like, he's like, that was the easiest decision I made in this organization. He goes, when he, when he told me the ultimatum, I was like, there's a the door. And so it, it seems to be turmoil and everything right now. And, and, and it seems to be like, like he's losing the locker room just like Bannister did. And I don't understand it because if every manager you bring in loses the locker room, well, maybe it's the locker room. I, I don't understand. So I will be very interested to see if Chris Woodward gets the short stick and, and either, either gets the ax in the middle of the year. If these talks get louder or if he, at, they just gave him an extension. So it would be a shocking move. Um, to see Chris Woodward get, get shown the door um, uh, when when he has nothing to deal with. I mean, yeah, he has Simeon and Seager, but Marcus Simeon can't hit his way out of a paper bag right now. And, I mean, they're questioning, they're going, well, uh, he's still putting him in the one hole. He's still putting him in the two hole. Well, I mean, maybe that's his way of trying to show confidence in, in Simeon to not make the slump any worse than what it is. I don't know, um, but man, I it just when I heard that today, I was mind blown that those words were even being considered in in Arlington that uh, that Woodward was on the hot seat. Um, 
earlier in the week we talked about, or late last week we talked about Dallas Keuchel being designated for assignment by the White Sox. The Arizona Diamondbacks take a flyer on Dallas Keuchel and say, yeah, we'll pay you the, the league minimum to come over there and, and um, catch on. Boy, I cannot believe that none of these teams, the Yankees or the Giants or the Dodgers that are contenders, didn't go and snatch Keuchel up for um, league minimum. You, you pay nothing. There was no risk, all reward. It was all upside. If, if the guy comes in and lets up seven runs, eight runs, and, and he's really broken and, and the White Sox were right, you let him go and, and you paid him a couple hundred thousand dollars and, and away he went. Uh, he, it's no harm to go down there and see if your pitching coach can't find whatever flaw Dallas Keuchel has to to fix this and get the all-star guy that just came in and made $55 million over in, in Chicago. It, it's mind-blowing to me on how uh, they just let this guy walk and, and nobody, the Arizona Diamondbacks, who aren't going to be in contention for anything, uh, pick up Keiko and take a flyer on him. Um, so it's it's very interesting to see. Um, we're about a quarter way through the season, and and the same teams we talk about uh, are, are the teams that that um, are going to be um, leading their divisions and in the playoff hunts and and. Uh, there's been a couple teams with slow starts that we thought might we thought Detroit might uh, be better. They've had a lot of injuries in the pitching department. Uh, they had some guys that hit last year that really thought um, they were going to be solid pieces that that they've had to send down this year. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. Um, Milwaukee has struggled. They they put on a deal today there was on a website today that they're 11 to 1 to win the world series i wouldn't take that bet uh if it was somebody else's money uh, i don't think that the milwaukee brewers are are uh playing very good baseball at all uh now the mets on the other hand and the dodgers played a series the other day and we watched that and boy did that look like two teams that were going to be around a while uh and that's without you know, here's here's Clayton Kershaw on the list on the uh, aisle again. Here's Scherzer on the aisle. They're getting Syndergaard back. Can you imagine an October with a healthy Kershaw, uh, a healthy Walker Bueller, a healthy Scherzer, and a healthy uh, Noah Syndergaard? Man, that series would be outstanding. Um, so uh, Major League Baseball is about to be the only thing going. Uh, so you're going to hear a lot, a lot, a lot of Major League Baseball news and notes. Uh, we're going to dive into to breaking down lineups and breaking down pitching rotations and breaking down um, who's playing who, big matchups for a weekend series. Uh, you're going to start to really, really, really get a lot of baseball talk because uh, that's going to be the only thing going. Um, we transition to the NHL where one of the – teams has punched their ticket to Lord Stanley. Um, the Colorado Avalanche have swept the Edmonton Oilers, which extends the uh, drought for Canada to not have a cup for 30 years. Uh, the cup will stay in the United States for again, because the only teams left are from the United States. Um, so 
Colorado goes in. They win 6-5 in overtime. Uh, Nazim Kadri uh, is going to miss the rest of the playoffs after his hit by uh, Evander Kane. Evander Kane had to miss game four uh, for boarding uh, right behind the Colorado goal, basically cross-checks Kadri into the board. Face first, he goes into the board. It was clear right in front of the official. I mean, there was no way to not see it. And so Evander Kane gets suspended a game, and the Oilers missed him and, and lose out. But uh, the the uh, Colorado Avalanche are going to miss uh, Nazim Kadri uh, for the rest of the, the – he will not be available uh, unless a miracle consists. He will not be available for the Stanley Cup. Um, now, on the other side of the coin uh, – the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning and the New York Rangers. The Rangers won both games at home. We came back to Tampa on Sunday afternoon, and Tampa pulls one out of the fire and uh, gets back within 2-1. They played tonight. Uh, Braden Point has been ruled out for tonight. That is a huge loss for Tampa Bay. Um, that That is a huge – that's their center. That's their leader. That's their the guy that, that, that runs the offense through. Uh, that's going to be a huge, huge deal for Tampa. Can they overcome the, the loss of Braden Point? Can they use the home ice advantage and even this series up and send it back to New York 2-2? Or does the Rangers take a commanding 3-1 lead and um, end up back in, in, in New York with 3-1, ready to close out the Lightning? Uh, boy, New York has been – I thought the Lightning were on a clear crash course to the to the Stanley Cup playoffs. I thought it was going to be similar to the Colorado 4-0, 3-1. You know, I thought, like I told you, New York has had they, they have a young, young, young. It's it's the average age of that team is 26 and some change, I believe. That's the lowest since like 1960 something. The Edmonton Oilers back in the 60s or 70s had a had a roster. They call it the kid line, uh, where where I mean every one of these guys is 25 and 26, and and the worst guy on the ice can handle the puck better than than most teams can handle it. Uh, that team is is just absolutely um, loaded with talent. The goalies loaded, and, and they are just uh, given the Lightning everything they can handle right now. Um, I still like Tampa, especially if they win tonight. If they don't win tonight, I think they're in trouble. And the loss of Braden Point hurts. Uh, so we will see tonight what they're able to do inside of um in Tampa. Can they hold home ice? Can they put some pressure on the the, the Rangers? Uh, and and we'll see. Um, and some other shocking news. Uh, the Boston uh Bruins. Fire Cassidy as their coach, and um, I, I don't I don't know why they waited so long. If this is what their move was, if this is what they wanted to do, uh, why not do it when Dallas, you know, let go or or they resigned, whatever, parted ways with their head coach. Uh, the two other head coaches were fired right as the season ended. Why Boston has waited so long to do this was mind blowing to me because they're just shooting themselves in the foot when when trying to get a replacement. Um, it, it doesn't make sense. They got guys that are going to be hurt. They got guys that are going to miss uh, part of next season with the, the labrum surgery and, and everything like that. Um, it, it, the Boston team seems like it's in shambles. 
seems like ownerships in Sambles. Seems like the, the they don't know. There's no communication with the coaching staff on on. This guy thought he was coming back. He thought, you know, hey, the season ended a month ago. We're good to go. And and here he was. He gets fired. Uh, it, it just didn't make a whole lot of sense to me on the timing of it. I mean, I agree that he probably needed to be let go. They might need a new voice. Boston wasn't, you know, great this year. Uh, they made the playoffs. But, I mean, they, they didn't put up very much of a fight. Um, so, um, it was a real shocking move. You know, you make a playoff run and, and you think you're heading in the right direction. And then all of a sudden uh, you're fired right after the, the, you know, a week after two weeks after you're eliminated. Um, it came out today also that the cracking goalie, Chris Dreiger, uh, found out he has torn ACL. Uh, he is going to have surgery whenever the swelling and everything goes down. Um, sounds to me like it was a, it was an injury from the end of the season, but um you think you would have known before two weeks was up uh, on whether or not uh, this guy was was um, hurt and and needed needed um, um, surgery. So he's going to have surgery on his ACL, and um, we will see whether or not um, he's going to miss the start of the next season. So we'll see how that affects Seattle. We'll see how they back up. If they have a backup goalie, uh, how good the backup goalie is. Um, here's a team that, that in Seattle, you know, was a, was an expansion team. They didn't do very well. They only won about 25 games. Uh, so we'll see where they go from here with, with uh, their, their lead goalie um, being out on um, out with an injury. Um, so, we transition here. Here's here's something we don't talk about very often, but this is something we just can't um, ignore. I just can't ignore this. This has become – I've tried to, to, to let it go because I didn't think it was going to be a, a, a big thing. But this live tour in Saudi Arabia has really started to catch legs. Um, the PGA has come out and or had come out and said, anybody that goes and plays in an event over there, we're gonna we're gonna get rid of you. You won't come back. You won't. Um, you'll be done with the PGA. We will not. We will not have you back. Um, uh, and and we're we're not uh, we're not gonna have you. And so the the players have kind of found a loophole. Um, Mickelson. Uh, well, first of all, I'll start with Kevin Na. Uh, here's a guy who you know people go who Kevin Nah guy doesn't uh you know not real popular who cares if he goes and plays on this tour uh but Dustin Johnson uh turned in his resignation from the PGA Tour uh Phil Mickelson has said he's going to resign and play over here uh and, and the money these guys are getting Phil Mickelson is going to receive two hundred million dollars. Before he ever plays a hole. Just here you go, Phil. Thanks for coming. Here's 200 million. Dustin Johnson's going to receive 125 million for just coming over and, and deal. So, I mean, both of those guys have had 20 plus wins on the tour, have been on the tour for 15 plus years. So they're exempt. They're exempt. They can come back whenever they want. They don't have to qualify. They don't have to. They can walk up to any tournament and go, I'm in, and that's what I'm going to do. And I don't think the PGA Tour can stop them. So they resign their membership, 
All they have to do is reapply. So they'll go play in Saudi, make their $125 million signing bonus, make whatever the tournament is, and they can still fly back and be in Boston for the U.S. Open next week. It'll be interesting to see what the PGA move is, whether they let these guys back in, whether they let them play. Uh, it, it comes out now that, that this, this Saudi Arabian tour, uh, Joe, Greg Norman said they offered Tiger Woods, El, El Tigre, could have made almost a billion dollars. And he said, nah, hard pass. I'm going to stay over here in the PGA, and I'm not going to ruffle the PGA's feathers. I'm going to still be my guy. I'm going to still be my member. And um, that, to me, is a good move by Tiger. Uh, it came out today that that uh, Tiger's not going to play the U.S. Open. That, to me, is, is um, as a Tiger Woods fan, is, is disheartening. Uh, although the back half of the – tournament they just played was not great um you know he had his worst round as a professional uh plus nine he looked like he was limping all of the course uh, i think his day is behind him uh, i think he needs to stick to playing augusta that course is kind of made for him you don't have to bomb it all of the course you don't have to deal he's he could play augusta in his sleep uh he knows where to put the ball he knows where to put the ball in the green Augusta plays well to Tiger Woods. It always has. Uh, so I think he these Lynx courses, uh, they're for the kids. He can't he can't bomb it. He can't hit the ball 400 yards. Uh, he's not Bryson DeChambeau. He's not Jordan Spieth. He's not uh, these guys. Now, if this live tour gets one of those guys, watch out. That could be the end of the PGA as you know it. If they start to get the young crowd, if they start to get the youth, the guys that are going to be on tour for the next 20 years, the names that you're going to hear for the next 20 years, if those guys start to defect and go over to this Saudi Arabian tour, watch out because then it's real. Uh, the older guys, the guys that are that are long in the tooth and they're, they're on the backside of their career anyway, um, yeah, okay, go make your $125 million, go make your $200 million. Uh, we were basically, you know, you weren't winning a whole lot of tournaments over here in the PGA anyway. Dustin Johnson hasn't been, you know, on top of, he hadn't been the world's number one in quite some time. Phil Mickelson, yeah, he won the, the U.S. Open a couple years ago. Um, or last year, you know, that was a miracle, something that normally doesn't happen. Tiger won the Masters a couple years ago. That normally doesn't happen. Uh, these old guys are still trying to hang around, but, um, this is really interesting to me. Uh, that is a ton of money. I have no idea who's funding this. Uh, I know Greg Norman is the spokesperson for it, but um, they tried to get Jack Nicholson to come over and be the spokesperson for it. He said, no, I'm not ruffling the PBA's, uh, PGA feathers either. You know, I'm going to go stay over here. Uh, so some of these guys have stayed, but some of them have gone. And, and, man, this thing has really caught fire. A couple weeks ago in a tournament, Rory was looking for a ball, and, and he didn't like the, the way that the tournament uh, official, the PGA Tour official, uh, started the clock on him. And, and he basically just told the guy, I'll be glad in two weeks when I'm out of here and I don't have to deal with you anymore. Uh, so maybe McElroy is planning on defecting and going over there too. Uh, this thing has really, it had been talked about, uh, you know, Mickelson made his comments and then basically the PGA just, he disappeared. He went into, to, uh, you know, 
the witness protection program because nobody had heard from Phil Mickelson in a month. His Twitter went dark. He went dark. He withdrew from the major. Uh, and, and the PGA was like, oh, I don't know why he withdrew. We, he's still a member. He's more than welcome to come. Yeah, they sent him an email that said, Phil, do not show up. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Uh, we don't want you here. You're going to go over there and talk about this this live tour and talk about all this money you're going to make. You can just go make it and, and stay away. And uh, I think that's what he did. So, uh, it, man, I understand that a lot of people don't want golf. I understand that that is not real popular. But this thing has, has really caught fire uh, and and is, is mind-blowing to me on how um, – successful a tour that that hasn't even hasn't even had a tournament yet and and they got guys lining up to take their money um so that is that is very interesting to me uh something to watch out for uh this weekend is to see if they can get some some television um i don't even know if they have any kind of television sponsor or any kind of of thing lined up this thing may you may have to watch this thing on the internet who knows but um if you can find it uh, it may be worth tuning into to see some of these guys and see the money they're going to make and see what kind of tournaments that, that this that this new tour is putting together and seeing uh, if if this thing's really going to catch fire and is the PGA Tour um, as we know it uh, a, a, a fossil? Is it really going to dry up and go away? That will be a question for the next couple months and definitely. Definitely, uh, as this season winds down into next season, how many guys in the offseason go and, and defect to this live tour and, and see how many of these guys play and um, uh, defect over to there. Uh, it'll be very interesting. Uh, I think that's about it for the highlights. Um, lots of lots of to cover. Um, I mean, your NFL is going to start with training camps and mandatory mini camps. Like I said, that's to see your rookies and see how well they do. Uh, Major League Baseball, we'll see what the Angels do from here. Uh, what kind of what does this do to the AL West? Does this give the Rangers the the, the life and hope that they're that they were asking for? Uh, does this does this implode? Uh, you know, do, does, do they start a fire sale? Does Trout finally get out of, of Los Angeles, even though they gave him a, 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 a huge contract? Does Otani want to stay around there and just get, you know, beat in and, and continue losing? Uh, losing will sour up a locker room in a real hurry. And, and um, if that's the case, these guys could be on the way out of there. And, man, that would be a shame after the team that, that the, the Angels put together. Um, so – with all highlights wrapped up, the headlines wrapped up, um, we come to the, the part of the show um, where um, we see uh, what's in our locker. And again, being solo tonight, it's just going to be me. But uh, if you watch Friday's episode, uh, went and saw the new Top Gun Saturday. And this thing has been hyped up to be better than the original um to be you know something that we waited two years for and it was finally here and it was the greatest movie out and it was amazing uh i still i cannot say that it was better than the first one um i loved it i will probably go see it again in the theater before it 
comes out of the theater. Um, it'll be one that I watch a million times, just like the original. But man, the original had, to me, without any spoilers, just some of the scenes, some of the intense moments. Um, this one was a little more story in it. You know, it, it stuck to a storyline, and 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 um, I just think that that when you think of Top Gun, you think of the dogfighting, you think of things blowing up, and and um, I think that's where this one lacked a little bit. Um, but overall, phenomenally done, phenomenally put together, great storyline, and a, an amazing sequel, especially for the um, time that was um, in between each movie. When you talk about, you know, 15, 20 years in between movies, uh, I think, uh, I think the storyline and the, and the characters uh, translated very well and, and went very well um, down the line. So um, I would definitely go see it. Um, The new Jurassic park comes out very soon i want to see that um and and um i'm very interested into getting into minor league baseball uh we've got uh some teams that are very interested um and uh i've got a couple that i'm going to follow and and try to see if i can't uh maybe give um some reports and some future shows on some minor League teams, some teams that um, there's one in Maryland that uh, is very interesting. They they feed into the Baltimore organization that um, has a solid roster that I'd like to dive into, um, and um, we'll see. Maybe catch some some games around here locally uh, in the minor league. Uh, we got a couple minor league teams around here that that feed into the Rangers and everything. Um, it'll be interesting. Um, a busy week ahead. We will be back Friday. Um, and we will have Brian and probably Jeff back with me. Um, Brian's a little under the weather today. Hope he gets back to feeling better. Um, and Jeff had to have some family, uh, graduation stuff the last couple weeks and work. Uh, so he hasn't been able to be here. So hopefully the three of us will be back on Friday. Um, until then, um, keep it outspoken and we'll see you next week.